Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey, guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside my, my brother, Chris, to my right, my brother, James, to my left. My name is Ryan. We are the official morning, Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Yes. Go and use that promo code THPN the next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook for a special little offer from them J- christian and uh james tell cooper to be quiet because he's talking in cooper the be quiet we can hear you they can hear you i don't care how far you are in your game <laughs> i i'm almost winning okay i started playing a team fight tactics game before and it's not finished yet because i was expecting to lose horribly and i haven't yet so James will be quiet for the first 15 minutes, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, it'll go by itself. <laughs> yeah, mostly. it'll go by itself, mostly. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, how are you guys doing? You guys doing okay even after that loss on mo- on Monday? It was Monday, right? Yes. All these I days have, are just going by quick. I have fully recovered, and I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> uh, every Stars fan ever. Uh, so... We got some things to talk about. Um, it's been a while since we've done one of these episodes where we just talk about things just because it seems like every single Wednesday there's been some sort of Stars game on or something. So it, it's good to just like sit down and just chill out and not have like a formal structure of what we're going to talk about in the game and how much the Stars didn't do this or how, why they were good here. So lots of good things to talk about. Some interesting uh, Dallas stars stuff to talk about as well but i really want to talk about the obvious title of this episode to begin with because the nhl just can't seem to figure this out so let me give you some background information for those of you that that don't know all right we all know what happened in the vancouver dallas game about a week ago about a week ago that's kind of old but anyways there was a goal that was called 
a good goal, even though it was very clearly offsides. And we debated it. And Chris was like, according to the rule from other times, this it was accurate according to the Connor McDavid goal from uh, December, where everybody was like blowing up about it. And Connor McDavid himself was asking for clarification on the rule and blah, 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 blah. And then it happens again, gentlemen. Just last night, Calgary, Minnesota, 0-0 going into overtime. So a shutout for both goaltenders. Minnesota appears to win the game in overtime, right? But it's called offside. And it looks strikingly, strikingly familiar to the goal that was scored against the Dallas Stars. That goal was called a good goal. The goal in the Minnesota game was not called a good goal. Now, here's the other thing that's really frustrating. And I would be absolutely hacked off if I'm a Minnesota Wild fan. You're fighting for your playoff lives right now. We're, we're in a little bit better position than Minnesota is. Minnesota's doing pretty well. They end up lose, getting the loser point tonight in a shootout. I, I mean, I can't imagine being a Minnesota Wild fan right now. And I guess the, the thing is, is they can be just as frustrated as Stars fans were with the Vancouver game. So let, let's break this down a little bit. What is the actual rule? What 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 is the correct call? It it because it they look strikingly familiar, gentlemen. It looks the exact same. So so what's the difference? Can can y'all explain it to me? Because I went and I did as much different replays and angles that I could find on both plays, and I'm just absolutely baffled as to what it is. Yeah. So first of all, apparently we're gentlemen tonight. Thank you for that, gentlemen, sir. Uh, person, men, um, gentlemen, yeah, gentlemen. Uh, but the problem with this whole situation is that the NHL doesn't know because they've called it three different ways now and they flip flopped each time. So the first one, the McDavid one, is called offsides. Okay, fine, whatever. So then the one in the Stars game that should be offsides too, right? No, actually, that one's onside. But then we go to another one and they're like, now it's offsides again, and that's the problem is that if they're just consistent with it, if they said, okay, these are all offsides or these are all onside, I don't I don't care, really. That's fine. It's a consistent rule. They've been consistent. But the problem with it is these are the exact same plays, especially the, the last two. The Stars game and this past offsides that we're talking about, the exact same thing happened. It's one touch, then their body's in the zone, then they corral the puck again. It's the exact same play two times in a row, and they called it two different ways. It doesn't make any sense. And this is the same problem that we've had with goalie interference for the longest time. Is that the exact same thing will happen in goalie interference? You'll get two different calls. Yeah, it, they they added another subjective rule when the rule book already has enough subjective rules. Yeah, and, and I think the correct way to remedy the problem is just say, okay, you have the puck has to go in first. I mean, th- that's the obvious solution, I think. Or it, just, be or it has this, to be on your stick when you cross the or, blue line, or that. Because <laughs> the possession and in-control rule is too wishy-washy, obviously, for the NHL to handle. Because they, they can't be consistent with it. I mean, I'd be fine if they were able to be consistent with it, but they're not. They suck at it. So if you suck at it, simplify it and give less room for your crappy video officials to make mistakes. That's my opinion on it, at least. So the other thing I, I'm, I'm trying to find... I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I promise I'm paying attention. I'm just trying to find... The Saad Yusuf tweet that he had. Okay, here it is. Uh, 
and this this goes into the conversation here. So uh, this is straight from Saudi Yusef. This is his opinion. First of all, offside in the NHL should be eliminated altogether, anyways. As it is, as but as it is, sorry, a rule. What the HE double hockey stick exactly is the rule? Does anybody know? Most of of all the league or the refs, they make the NFL's interpretation of a catch look clear cut. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and, and that's not like it's a guy who's you know, just a, a nobody on Twitter or something like that. This is like the Stars beat reporter for The Athletic, arguably one of the biggest publications for sports in North America. And he's coming out and saying like saying stuff like that. I, I, to kind of respond to that, I don't think that offside should be taken out of the game. I think that's just part of a game, and that's that's crazy. That's like trying to take fighting out of the game. But, yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean... Is that really the solution just to get rid of it so that we don't even have to no, worry about it? Obviously not. That is a big part of hockey, and you would eliminate neutral zone trap style defense. So that, that just doesn't make any sense. But in my opinion, sorry. But I I don't really agree fully with him saying that it's super cloudy. I think there are this is the main instance where it's cloudy. It's just when the puck carrier comes in before the puck. And we're trying to find a way for that to still count so that we can keep play flowing and not have to blow that dead. But it, the NHL can't do it. So I think it's one situation because every other time, as long as the puck enters the zone before every other player of the team, we're able to tell pretty easily what it is. And we have good, the, the video review now has been very good, maybe a little bit too strict, but it's been precise, at least recently. There's no subjectiveness in normal offsides reviews. The problem is when you're talking about the possession and the in-control stuff. That's the only issue I, I feel. And I think that can be eliminated by either saying it has to be on your stick, like y'all are saying, or you just can't go in before the puck. Either one of those fixes it completely, and then I don't think it's a problem. The catch rule is way worse. <laughs> you think so? Yes. I, the NFL catch rule is just stupid. They just – and they add a little – like they, they add an apostrophe, and like the whole rule changes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still salty about the Des Bryant catch. It was a catch. He made a football move for crying out loud. Okay, I'm I'm that was like 10 years ago and I'm still not over it. But the here's here's the biggest the, the last thing and then I'll leave this alone for now. It's really confusing for new fans to the NHL when they talk about this rule and all that sort of stuff. Right? I mean, does that kind of make sense? Do you understand my thought process here? Well, yeah, I mean, because... imagine, trying, imagine trying to explain that, okay, this this particular play, the Connor McDavid play is offside, but when Spurgeon crosses the blue line, that's also offsides, but then other things are a, a goal, and it looks the exact same, the Vancouver well, goal? Well, there's no explaining that. That's just wrong. It's just the NHL messing up. I mean, obviously, in one of those three plays, they screwed up. The difficult thing is explaining it's offsides unless the puck crosses in front before every other player, except in this specific situation. That's where I think the problem lies. Like, don't make a outlier to the rule. The rule is the puck goes in before the player goes in. So let's not make unless he's in possession or in control. So let's just get rid of the exception to the rule and just make the rule one rule. I think that makes it a lot so simpler. Wait. Well, and they changed that rule. They changed the offside rule this year, right? Is that correct? No. Or is that last year? You've been able to enter the zone 
before the puck with possession for a while. Are you sure about that? I'm not so sure about it's that. Been that long. It's a fairly yeah. new rule. I, it, I, I mean, it's at, at least it's at least been several in terms, years. It's at least new in terms of when we started reviewing offsides, because that wasn't a thing before we started reviewing offsides. Okay. Well, see, I, I literally thought that they changed the rule for this season. Like they changed it for this season, and that's why there's all these confusing things going on. But I think people are just I, finally I, I, starting to do it. And the league hasn't decided what the actual rule is yet. I think just the problem is the league is calling it wrong. I mean, it, people have been skating backwards into the zone for a long time. It's just the league sucks at calling it this year for whatever reason. They're just doing a crap job. That's really what it all boils down to. And, the and NHL there's been sucks three. <laughs> there's been three instances yeah. in overtime where a goal was to score directly off of it for, for a full point that the NHL screwed another team out of it. For right, I mean, and, and I mean, here's so, the. Yeah, so here's the thing. Imagine that that one point is the one point that gets Minnesota out of the playoffs. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, well, that's why it's important. That's why we're talking about it. It's a big right. deal, especially in that moment. Now, now, of course, there's a million other factors. Well, okay, well, the Wild didn't do good in this such and such game. You could always look back and say, if only we had done this. But, I mean, we always... We, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, pull up traumatic memories for Stars fans. Imagine if Jamie Benn had just scored on that wraparound against the Blues in Game 7, <laughs> right? Okay, things like that. But the thing is, is if you're putting yourself in a, in between a team being successful, then you're not doing yourselves any favor and you're screwing your own sport over. And th this is something, and this is even a broader part of this topic but the the nhl it like as a organization like the top level guys are just kind of screwing the sport over it at, at least that's what it feels like we, we've talked about the the boards this year with the uh i don't know even know what you call them the tv boards where it just shows up on on the tv not live in person and we've talked about jersey ads where are we going to see more jersey ads and we're going to have our NHL teams starting to look like the the European teams where you don't you can't even see the logo it's just a bunch of advertising everywhere I'm, is this just another instance of where the NHL is getting in the way of their game and it's actually going to hurt their profits later on because they're not getting any fans to come into the game well, I don't think this is that big of an issue. I think this is just them screwing a couple teams out of a couple points. But yeah, it's not as well. That's, as that's kind of what I'm saying. It, it's part of a bigger issue, and the only way you're going to get more money is if you get more eyes on your product. And if you make your product confusing, nobody's going to watch it. The hardcores may understand, but we're, I would consider us hardcore, and we're confused. Well, I don't think we're confused. We just think that the NHL is being stupid. They're just wrong. <laughs> well, that's well, the problem. We I'm... know we know that the calls are completely inconsistent. Yeah, there's nothing in any of the calls that are consistent one way or the other. It's just whatever the person in the video review room feels like calling that day. Yeah. is that possession? Yeah. I don't know. That dude I doesn't mean, think so, so it's not. Yeah, I'll absolutely agree that the league is screwing this one up. I'll say that the league sucks right now, and specifically in regards to this. We can debate the other stuff. I don't think the board ads are that bad. I don't think it's going to hurt profits as bad as people think so. But in this situation, they're sucking. 
I, I mean, the the only way to fix it is to try to take the subjective, like the subjective idea out of the rule book completely, which is like the entire rule book. <laughs> so th fair. there's just so much in the game that is subjective that they they're they're gonna have to yeah. rewrite the entire rule book to change it. Well, in the in to your point, James, the easier thing is just to call it correctly. <laughs> just be consistent in the way you're calling it, and then you don't have to change the whole yeah. rule book. Just don't be an idiot. It, it really doesn't matter what the rule says as long as you call it the same every time. Exactly. Now, that's all we're asking for. So call it the same from now on. See, I would be really curious to see how they call each goal, whether it's good or bad, right? So, like, do they look at you know previous examples and say this is a good goal this is a bad I guarantee goal. you they don't <laughs> yeah not, hey, i mean they got I, such a little time gonna, to deal with it it's i mean that they don't just, have time to go back and things, look i mean it doesn't take that long i mean all you have to do is have a stupid folder on a google drive and say these are the examples of 10 second clips of goals that were good these are the clip 10 second clips of the goals that were bad okay well, which one does it look like <laughs> there you go the problem is not they're not all going to look the same they're all going to be a little bit different and people are going to be subjective in the way that they look at them too i mean it, it, that's the whole point everything is going to be a little bit subjective at least so they just need to do a better job okay and you know now that i'm thinking about it let's just go ahead and talk about these two and w we didn't plan to talk about these but this would be fun because i'm kind of throwing y'all a uh throwing y'all a loop here a couple other rule changes i thought about and that have kind of been gaining some traction across the NHL. And this is the second one. It's more offsides. Let's say you enter the zone and technically you are offside, but the linesman calls it onside. All right. Let's say you're in the zone for over a minute and then you score a goal. Should that goal count or should it not count? Because what it seems like recently is that there's this traction around the league that if you're in somebody's zone for a long extended period of time, that offside should be, for lack of a better term, negated, right? And then that goal should count. What do y'all feel about that? Because I'm kind of leaning towards yes, that I like that idea. But I also understand in the spirit of the role and in the tradition of hockey that that should be offsides. So I'm I'm kind of like 60-40 torn in that way. Okay. Do so, you have any preference on so that? So we go tradition of, of the sport. You don't add two minutes back to the clock in tradition of the sport. You're just randomly going to add two minutes back for, with, for the offside. I think that's the dumbest thing about extended zone times when it's offside. You add a whole minute or two back onto the clock. It's like they already played that minute. <laughs> they hit each other. They slapped each other in the face with sticks. Sometimes those go uncalled a lot. But I mean that that those minutes were played. And you just add them back on. It, it that that never made sense to me. The problem I have is where are you going to draw the line past when they enter the zone illegally? Then because then you're going to be like, oh, 30 seconds is the limit. Okay. We were only what 29 seconds score, yeah. afterwards. It, and then if you don't do that, you have to make another subjective call. And I'm not for adding a subjective call. And the other thing is just enter the zone legally. I mean, you still, you broke the rule. The play should have stopped right then. They would not have scored. That is a fact. 
if they blew it dead, then they wouldn't have scored that minute and a half later. I mean, it, it can be egregious too. If you're egregiously offsides and they don't blow it dead and you've had tired defenders in your own zone, that that definitely changes it completely. So I I don't want to mess with something like that when you already you, you already should have had a stoppage in play. So let's not just be like, okay, well, we want to keep goals going. And, oh, it's been a little while long. The play should have been stopped. They missed a call. If you missed a call, go back and fix it. That's what I think you should stick to. So you don't think they should change it at all? I don't think they should change it at all. Because for because where are they going to draw the line first? And if you miss a call, you should try and fix it. Those are my two mm-hmm. points. I agree. I still think that it's dumb that you just add two minutes back to the clock. It's like... Yeah. I agree. It's not ever. No it's other not sport ideal. does that happen. You know what's ideal is the linesman making the right call. <laughs> so you're already in an yeah. unideal situation. So the best and, thing is to try and you remedy get, it. But then you get the closest, the closest, like offside ever, and it's mm-hmm. like, I agree. It's like, yeah, he's not going to get that every time. <laughs> I agree. It's crazy, but you should try to make the correct call. Is my opinion. You, we shouldn't just allow calls to be wrong and be like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Because <laughs> if that's I the case, just get rid of video review 100%. I mean, if we're going to get calls wrong and we're going to know that we get calls wrong and we could have fixed them, why have video review at all? Let's just leave it. Okay, and that's the other thing that really hacks me off about, and, and this is another side tangent. It was, I wasn't going to mention this, but like, if if you could, if a ref can easily see, look up at the Jumbotron and see, oh, I screwed up. That shouldn't be a penalty. They should be able to take it back, right? It just makes sense, right? Like, like say they call high sticking, and it was actually the their own team's person who high sticked his teammate in the face. Let's just say that. So let's just say Yoel Kiviranta accidentally high sticks Jason Dickinson's in the face because Jason Dickinson was re- very well known for getting hit in the face with anything. And they call a penalty on you, uh, on some other player on the other team. They should be able to call that back, right? But according to the current rule book, they can't do that. They can't fix a call if they made a mistake, and they can easily look at it in like two or three seconds and see, oh, I messed up. Yeah, but then I also don't want them to review every penalty. I mean, that's going to suck too. You, you eventually you got to put a line somewhere, and I think I think drawing the line at the, the we can review the majors and the double minors is a good place to put it at because those can be seriously game changing a minor can it can definitely be game changing you should also be able to kill a pill a two minute penalty pretty simply as well so i i kind of like where it's at right now where the longer penalties are reviewed and can be fully taken off now which was stupid before they were trying to play both sides but they can be fully taken off now and i, I think i like i like that best Okay, that's fair. Absolutely fair. And uh, the the last thing I want to talk about is seeing if we're going to see the end of shootouts because that's another thing that has kind of started trending around the NHL. And we've seen lots of different propositions. We've seen, you know, even changing the the point system in the NHL that we've kind of talked about previously. And... I would argue that that's probably not the right thing to do because we've seen leagues do something similar to what we were talking about. And for those of you that don't know what we've talked about in the past, we've talked about regulation win three points, uh, shootout 
overtime win, two points. Shootout, overtime loss, one point. You, if you just flat out lose, you get zero points. We've seen that sort of thing happen around the NHL. and Or not around the NHL, in other leagues, excuse me. And then they just went back to their old system. It didn't. I guess it didn't work or they didn't like it. But one of the things I've seen gaining traction is a longer three-on-three overtime for like 10 minutes. What do y'all think about that? And then getting rid of shootouts altogether. And if it's still tied after overtime, both teams get a point. It's the end of the game. Why not just stop it after five minutes then? Why add another five minutes? <laughs> I mean, honestly, to me, like the extra five minutes, it's just going to be more of this dumb little possession game where we go back and we skate around in our own zone for two minutes and we get our one chance. And I'm like, I don't want to watch that. It, and if if the overtime is going like that for five minutes, it's definitely going like that for 10 minutes. I don't want to watch that for 10 minutes. Yeah. But we've seen both, right? Like three on three is still exciting. There are still some very entertaining three on three overtimes. Yes. I also see I your point say, as well, Jinx. I would say the majority now are definitely more possession based. It, it, and it's trending more and more that way too. Because it started out just back and forth nonstop. The first year of three on three overtime was ridiculous. That was awesome. it was mayhem. That was the best year ever. But the, every single year it's been slow it down, slow it down, slow it down, coach it, make a system around it let's figure out a way to win to give us the best percentage of winning with the lowest percentage of losing. That, that's what it kind of has boiled down to. And that's why it's gotten a lot less exciting and more boring. So I think adding 10 minutes would definitely make that worse. Um, back to the core point of should we allow ties in a North American sport as an American, I will say no, because ties mm-hmm. are stupid. Capitalism <laughs> has winners and losers. There should be a winner right, and a loser. No. Ardell in the comment section, screw a tie. Somebody must lose. This is America, not Europe, right? There there you go. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This is America. We have winners and losers. If it has to be a stupid shootout and everyone knows, okay, it should have been a tie, we're going to do the stupid shootout. No ties. Ties are dumb. So, well, I would like to see an end to shootouts because we've just... Shootouts are exciting. Shootouts are fun. Okay, it is a fun way to end the game. I mean, we already split no, a point. Each team gets a point. You get to watch the best players from each team do some stupid, crazy moves on the other team's goalie. That's fun. It is fun to watch a shootout. Just like it's fun to watch a penalty shot. Penalty shots are so exciting. They are always on highlight reels every single time there's a penalty shot because one-on-one against the goalie, there's just something about it. There's something beautiful. Well- it's because it used to be so rare, but it's not rare anymore. It is still and then rare. The, and then the other thing about the other thing about shootouts is that if you have such an amazing, incredible game, and the three on three is just as good, it is so anticlimactic to have a shootout where you go one v one against a goalie. It's anticlimactic. It's you know what's worse? Is say, hey, good game, buddy. Shake their hand. We both did good. Let's go <laughs> and, share a Capri Sun. That is worse. That's so. I was thinking about that too. We need to have a winner. We need to have somebody hug their bull, hug their goalie. We need to have another team walk to the locker room all sad. (laughs) Well, the stars have been sad too many times when it comes to these things. So maybe maybe that's the core of what I'm really getting at is that this the why I want to change the stars stars suck. But but the deeper (laughs) thing is like real hockey fans know that it's not that a shootout win doesn't really qualify for a ton, but it. It, 
it's it's the feeling that you get. I mean, this directs more towards the casual fan. Casual fans probably love shootouts even more than I do. I mean, who, who doesn't want to see actually. Connor McDavid just dangle around a goaltender and make him look silly? I mean, that's fun. Well, th- that was my last thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to all these rule changes. James, you got anything else before we move on? Nope. Okay, good. Hey, guys, it's Ryan here. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can be get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I really want to see the Mavs do really well. So with the recent acquisition of Kyrie Irving to the Mavs, I'm just going to be taking the over every single time on DraftKings Sportsbook on his point totals because, I don't know, I'm just hoping that me betting on that is going to help him inconspicuously get more points. I don't know. I'm just going to be looking at that. Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at... DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Okay, uh, I want to talk about the next little thing I kind of saw roaming around Twitter today. It was all over Twitter. It was all over hockey, uh, social media in general, to be honest with you. And... That's the fact that there are interested parties from Atlanta and also from Houston who are interested in bringing an NHL team to their city. We've we've heard this for years now about Houston, you know, being interested in a city that the owner of the Houston Rockets wants to have an NHL team in Houston and Houston makes a lot of sense in my opinion. But some people across Stars Media actually disagreed with me and talked about multiple different things. A lot of people seem to think that Houston would not support an NHL franchise in their city. That's that's my first question is do you think they would they would even support a hockey team in Houston? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Easy. I mean, they've had two crappy franchises in their in their town for a long time. I mean, the Texans are terrible. They have never been good. And they are still supported very strongly. And the Astros were really bad for a long time up until the past 10 years. And they were still supported very strongly. So they can definitely support even a bad hockey team. And their one World Series win was cheating. They've had much more than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tells you how much Ryan has watched baseball. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I, I know cheating is rampant and the MLB like that. That's okay. But <sighs> some people seem to think that it would really hurt the stars market if a team in Houston came in. And I okay. highly disagree so, with that. I, I had a, I had a thought about that too. It's like, yes, we lose our, our fans in Houston who can't watch any stars games, <laughs> who can't come. They can't come to the stadium and watch any stars games anyway. Like most of the time, they're not going to be able to make it out here. But what you do get is you get the Texas rivalry in hockey. 
and that's a lot bigger deal than than you would think. And, and from a perspective of someone, I'm in College Station, so this is it's really a mishmash, almost 50-50 split of Dallas and Houston people with a little bit of Austin people mixed in there. Houston people don't know what hockey is. I, I tell them that I have a Dallas Stars podcast. They're like, who are the Dallas Stars? What's hockey? They still don't know what hockey is in, in Houston. They really don't. So you might have a few Stars fans in Houston. You do not have very many. And you'll have, you'll get a lot more just from making the rivalry, like James says. I mean, every Texas rivalry, people love it. Well, and, and see, that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand in the DFW area. And it's because I have a lot of Houston friends that I know. Houston, Houston people hate DFW sports teams. They 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 don't just hate them; they despise them. So it's like you know, if if the Texans are playing a, a football game on the TV, and I'm watching them play the Colts, for example, I'm rooting for the Texans. They're a Texas team, right? Texas first, right? Who who gives a crap? Houston Texans fans, if the, if the Cowboys are playing against someone else, they're actively rooting against the Cowboys, <laughs> okay? That shows you how much hate is between these two metro areas. And I think a lot of people, it, it would be great for the sport. It would be great for Houston. It'd be great for Dallas, in my opinion, too. It's an extra avenue where the two metro areas can hate each other. Where where there's hatred, there's money to be made there too. Yeah. In my own opinion. Hate so I, it, it makes it makes sense. And I so I don't understand why there's some of these people that come out and say, Oh, well, they can't they're not gonna be able to support a team and all that sort of stuff. It, that doesn't make sense to me. I think it's I mean, mostly just Dallas people trying to dunk on Houstonians again, which is fair. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's so that we talked about the one team in Houston, but or the one city in Houston. But the other one does not make any sense at all. 100% does not make sense with Atlanta. The only thing that makes sense about Atlanta is that it's a big market. It's it's a huge metro area. It's enormous. They've tried two other times to go there, and neither one worked. And you know what ended up happening? They ended up moving both franchises to Canada. First, it was the Atlanta Flames and they moved off to Calgary. And then they threw another franchise in there in the Atlanta Thrashers. And those guys moved off to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. So a city like the quarter, a quarter of the size of Atlanta. Substantially small. I, 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 it's substantially small. Yeah, maybe no, less. I, it's, <laughs> yeah. Hockey is the number one, you know, obviously the number but one sport in still, Winnipeg. Even. That, that tells you how terrible of a market Atlanta was. You couldn't even get a quarter of the people in Atlanta to kind of care about hockey. But there, there's also lots of other things to include in this. Believe it or not, there are actually a lot of hockey fans in the Atlanta area. There really are. And really? I was like, really? That, that, <laughs> that's, I mean, just relative to the fact of how big of a metro size they have with the amount of millions of people they have around Atlanta. And... But the, the other thing is, is I, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, third time's the charm, I guess. The, but the only other thing I can think of that would make some sense is both the Flames organization and the Thrashers organization was extremely poorly run. And we've seen 
with Vegas and with Seattle with the right expansion draft with the right management group with deep pocket owners, not just millionaires, but you need billionaires for this sort of stuff. They can maybe be successful in Atlanta. That's, but I, I'm I'm still not sold on Atlanta being another destination for the NHL. Yeah, and and, and beyond this, I don't see us adding more than 32 teams. I don't think that is needed at least for probably like a decade, and I don't see any other team moving. I mean, if the Arizona Coyotes, a trash hole of a franchise, both just management wise, how they run their business. And with how they handle the city and their fans and the people that they're around, if they're not going to move, they got what, like a 30 year guarantee that they aren't going to move? Then no team is moving. If they get the building. Yeah, no team is going to move. Yep. And that's the most likely team to move if you have any sort of relocation is the Arizona Coyotes. And the NHL is double, triple, quadrupling down on, on Arizona, which makes zero sense. Well, that whole area, the Glendale, Phoenix area, is just as big as some of these other markets. So yeah, they don't want them, though. I mean, the cities are pushing them away actively. It's crazy. It's just Glendale. It's just Glendale. Uh, Tempe wants them. That's why they're actually considering listening to this franchise and what they want to do. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Let, let's get off of this because we've been talking about this for a while. Okay. Uh, let's get into some Dallas Stars talk. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the trade acquisitions of Max Domi and uh, Evgeny Dodonov because we can kind of look at them. And again, it's way too early to even give them some sort of a grade because in some cases, like Domi, he's only played two games. But if you were to give them a grade, A to F, in their short tenure as Dallas Stars, what would you give Domi? What would you give Dadanoff? Let's start with Domi first. Christian, what, what would you give a grade for Domi? Uh, I'll give him a B. He's average. He's exactly what I was expecting. He's got a wicked shot. He's really good at stick handling. But boy, is he bad at defense. I mean, that's exactly what we thought we were getting. And boy, did we get it. So I'm happy about it. Just he hasn't exceeded expectation yet. Yeah. James? I I still think it's too early for me to decide too. It's it's just so hard to tell how good he's going to do on a line with Sagan and Marchment right now, with them having only played two games and have had one practice. I mean, that's so hard to tell. So far, it feels like a really good fit, though. I mean, you look at the Calgary game; they were probably one of our better lines out there. It, it felt a lot better than it did when Delandry was up there, at least. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's because Domi is much more skilled than Delandria. No offense to yeah. Delandria, but he is he's a great player. And he's shown himself this year that he can be extremely effective when given the right role. And his role, in my opinion, is checking line third liner or perfect for a bot for the fourth line. So and I would argue that our third line is not a checking line. It's definitely a third line scoring line. So so his best fit is on the fourth line. And we've seen that the last two games with him, uh, Foxa, and whether it's Olafson or Kiviranta, they've looked great. That fourth yeah. line has looked good. Well, and I think he, his job is still to try and score goals. I mean, he should try and score goals on that fourth line. He is good enough for sure to do that. When he's on a fourth line with the other team's fourth line, he is the most skilled player on the ice at that time. So he should be still trying to score. He shouldn't be looking at it like, oh, we're just going to be a checking line. No, that line's going to score. 
for me, I'll give Domi a, I'll give him a B plus because I, I, maybe it's just recency bias and I'm excited that he's a Dallas star and we actually went out and did something of, I don't know, of note across the NHL because he was a, a fairly big, you know, trade piece out there. And uh, I thought he's played well. He looked a little hesitant in his first game where we played against Colorado, had a couple of turnovers and stuff like that. But since then, I thought he's looked pretty good. If he can just clean up the defensive side of his game, I mean, his uh, his offensive skills are are great. And like like you mentioned, Chris, the or maybe it was you, James. One of y'all mentioned it. It was the, the the patience that he's shown with the puck, especially when he was directly responsible for one of the goals in the Colorado game. I mean, that's something that we need more of. And we've only seen from, I would argue, probably Robertson and Hintz. Yeah, I would say it's uh, confidence with the puck more than just patience. I mean, he knows where the puck is. He knows what he's going to do with it. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Evgeny Dodonov? What, what would you give him as a grade in his short so, time as a Dallas star? So far has exceeded expectations, almost a point per game player after we acquired him. So he's getting an A from me, at least for a uh, way too early grade. But yeah, he's like great. He slots in perfectly with the Johnston Ben. I mean, it, it looks like he belongs there. It, it, it just clicked perfectly as soon as we, as soon as that's where he was. I'm I'm giving him an A plus partly because I am also comparing him to Gurionov and what we have there. That is like, it's a, it's an insane improvement, especially for just a one for one trade. And some people were ragging on Jim Nell and saying, how dare you trade a 25 year old for a 33 year old? Yeah, he's already scored him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Probably at the end of the season to is not returning. Right. So I just, I give it an A plus as well. And again, I'm just like James. That's exactly what I was thinking is just the Gary Onoff was supposed to be in that top six or on one of those scoring lines. And he was consistently on the fourth line. So the fact that you were able to trade a guy out, uh, Gary Onoff goes off the other way. You get a guy that you might have a chance can score you some goals. And in three of the four games he's played, he's, he's had a point. Yeah. I mean, that's, Immediate results, excellent. A plus. One more grade to give Jim Nil. Would you give him on what he did on the trade deadline? He gets a B because a B? he did what he's, he gets. Really? He, he did what he was supposed to, I think. And only I wish he would have gotten another defenseman instead of Domi. Still, but I understand defensemen were in were a high price, and they could get Domi for cheaper, and it was probably a better upgrade. I'm giving him an A minus. I think he did he did exactly what I wanted him to do. The only other thing that could have put him over the edge into A plus is if he got a defenseman, just like James said. If he just got a stay at home, big old boy, who we can lock down into the top four, that would have been literally perfect. But it didn't fit in the cap. It didn't fit we, we couldn't get him without giving someone else up. So I'm fine not giving that away. And it's probably overall the safer thing to do than to try and move a lot more stuff to make another defenseman work so a minus there just for missing one piece i feel like but other than that very good i'm gonna give him an a minus as well just because he did exactly what we needed him to do chris and like you mentioned just no defenseman but again he didn't give up any like major prospects either. that's the big key he gave up nothing so, he gave a second round pick in two years three okay. years 
crazy. Yeah, Ardo, is, is Ardo is reading my mind over here in the comment section. This is like absolutely 100%. Like we thought we were, we were going to have to give up Bork for like a, a defenseman of quality that we would actually need in the top four or a, a Bishol. I, I know I'm not saying his name Bishol. right, but Bishol, the first round pick from this past year, or God forbid, Stank Oven. Trade stink of it if we go out and get a really big, you know, big name defenseman or something. I don't know. But the thing is, is especially next season, there was a lot of Stars fans that were very upset that they he didn't go out and get a defenseman. Are you really willing to trade Logan Stankoven for maybe a chance of winning the Stanley Cup yeah. when you know he's going to come into your lineup next year? And can yeah, you imagine? For sure. Can you imagine a second line? with Wyatt Johnston and Logan Stankov and playing together. Yeah. And I mean, look at the perfect case scenario. The perfect case scenario, you're bringing Stankovin, Bork, and Harley into the lineup all next season. I mean, that is our perfect case scenario. Exactly. It could happen. I mean, it seems pretty likely. The only question mark really is Bork. So th that's just some, uh, some interesting things I wanted to talk about because I thought both of these guys overall have played well. They've come in and... The, I think the biggest thing now, and we already mentioned, is the honeymoon phase is going to be ending very soon. And this is the stretch. Like, we got through the lull that was February where you're in, like, the middle of the season. Now it's the time where you really buckle down. You're in the last 20-ish games of the season. And this really, if you play well, can set the tone for the playoffs. Especially right now, since it's still a little bit before, like we're not fully in end of the season mode yet, but mentally they got to get there. You know, they, they can't, they can't just keep on coasting the way that they were, the way that they played last game. It felt kind of like a coast. They're kind of like, ah, oh, we're playing pretty good. We'll just let our skill win it. And Calgary was not coasting. Calgary said, we need two points right now. And they played hard as heck and they stole two points from us, or at least stole one point from us. So. They they were playing harder than us. They were playing playoff hockey. The Stars were not, and that's why we lost. So the Stars need to figure out a way to look at the standings and say, hey, we want to win the division, so we're going to start playing playoff hockey now too. And if they do that, they'll dominate these bad teams. If they don't, these bubble teams are going to dominate you because they are going to be ready because they are fighting for their playoff lives. you got to be ready for it. So speaking of playoffs and stuff like that let's take a quick look at the standings right now and just see where the stars are at compared to these other teams because i think it's time to look at it one of two ways okay here here's the standings and i'm gonna put forth a scenario of two ways that you can go with if you're a stars fan okay so and we're just looking at the central right now because i don't think the stars are going to fall out of the top three they might but i don't think they're going to fall out of the top three so in first place in the division right now, Dallas has played 64 games. They have 81 points. Minnesota is second, playing 65 games. They also have 81 points. So Minnesota has been on a tear as of late. They've been playing very well. Chicago, 62 games. So they have two games on hand on the Dallas Stars, and they have 76 points. So assuming they win both of those Colorado. games. Colorado. Chicago. Colorado. Which, sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing, right? Sorry. <laughs> well, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Assuming they win both of those games in hand, that would put them at 80 points. So it's very close up at the top of the central right now. Then 
in fourth place in the Central Division, Winnipeg, who is in danger of falling out of the playoff race, although they still have a four-point lead on Calgary. They have played 65 games, so the Stars have one game in hand on them, and they have 75 points there. Nashville, surprisingly, is still in... I would argue they're still in within striking distance of making the playoffs. They've got three games in hand on the Dallas Stars, and they've got 69 points. So... Did, did anybody else see that? <laughs> Is that why you said that? Yeah, that was it, Chris. Yeah, there there was a National Predators tweet where they literally took a snapshot of this exact thing I'm looking at right now, and the points total being 69. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, the admin for the National Predators is 12, like legit 12. Okay, you're also 12 though, Ryan. Okay, but that I'm allowed to be 12. I'm a middle school teacher. <laughs> But it, it, I am around middle school kids all day. And, and, and they are a social media manager. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's fair. That's fair, Jim. Okay. That. okay back to back to back to what I'm thinking here. Okay. You could either be a real stickler and be completely upset if the stars don't get first place in the central division. Because I would argue that this is was their division to win because it was it sh- it should we should be flying away with this by at this point we should have flown away with this a long time ago but instead we're now tied with minnesota with a game in hand on minnesota and uh colorado one point behind assuming they win both their games in hand so you could either be really upset when they don't get first place in the division i don't know if it's going to happen or are you just happy if they finish in the top 3 those are your those are your two scenarios that you could go with. What what are y'all leaning towards? What do you think? I'm upset if you don't win the division. They they've gone through their crappy part of the season that we knew was coming at some point, and they're still at the top somehow. You have to come out of that. And you have to win the division after that, and especially in the players' minds, that should be said what they're going to do. They should say we are going to win the division. This is our goal in the last twenty games of the season, so we're going to buckle down and do that to get ready for the playoffs and not try and like I was saying earlier, not coast. So the players need to 100% be thinking win the division that, and that needs to be a goal that's on the wall or whatever. But I personally, I also think that is the goal. If they don't win the division, then you there's second half of the season has really, you just squandered it and we are not going to be in a good spot going into the playoffs. We've seen them flip it around especially you think 2020 those round robin games they look terrible and turn it all the way back around and become a great team you don't want to limp into the playoffs you want to be leaping and bounding into the playoffs so let's do that with a division win which you should get i i want them to get the, the division win too i but i will only be upset if they end up third and not second if they are at least fighting for it up until the very last game of the season. That's true too. Then that that's still a win. If they drop the third in the division, it's a complete failure for where they were halfway through the season. And if they're playing well at second, if they're playing well and they were scrapping for it all the way to the, to game 82. Sure. That's fine. This is not exactly the, the right mindset to have, but where have they been better at at home or on the road? The road. On the road. <laughs> exactly. Third place, baby. Go for no, it. Dude. But we no. only have to win one home game no, if dude. we win all the road games. That, that's also fair. That's also fair. But 
I I don't think for, just for my own mental health, I don't think I'm going to be upset if they don't get first. Do I want them to go and get first in the division? You better believe your butt. I want them to win the division because at least for right now, they do have a slimmest of margin controlling their own destiny. They, the very, the, literally one point and w- one point over Chicago and one game <laughs> over Minnesota. That is their, their ability to control their own destiny. That is it. So I, I guess really what I would like to see them do is I would like for them to control their own destiny. So I don't know what that entails. I, I guess they just need to they just need to go for it and be happy with first or second place in the division. Because here's the other thing. Right now you're looking at it. The Stars don't really have a favor, favorable matchup in either against Colorado or Winnipeg. Because we forget at the beginning of the season, we lost every single game against Winnipeg when we were doing Really freaking fantastic. We won one and lost two. Yeah. And lost one in overtime. We won the first one. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I maybe wasn't there. We only played three games against them. Yeah. Which I'm glad is gonna change at some point. I still think that the scheduling of that was really stupid, by the way. That was weird, yeah. But we haven't played Seattle yet this year. We're playing three times in this month? Crazy. (laughs) I thought it was just twice. Is it really three times? We're yeah, we have a, third time. We have two games in Seattle oh back gosh, to back, so and then stupid. we come to Dallas and we play a game a week later. That is so stupid. Yeah, this road okay. is weird. They start in Buffalo and they yep. go all the way to Seattle. Yeah. They go there for three days. days. Yeah, weird. that's true. Um, so anyways, we we'll be we would be playing Winnipeg in the playoffs if the playoffs started right now. And I know, I know it was months and months and months ago, but the Stars haven't played as well as they did at the beginning of the season. They lost against the the Jets, and I, I, I mean, it's Connor Hellebuck, man. That 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 scares me right then and there. We so have a Jake I Ottinger. would, <laughs> yeah, but I like yeah, to but, see that goalie duel. Get it over with in the first round. That would be awesome. Yeah, honestly, I'm not as scared of Colorado and Winnipeg as I am of Minnesota. Just, I even, highly disagree. I'm way more scared of Colorado so than I am. Goalie right now Minnesota. isn't going to be Flurry, but just the threat of having Flurry there scares me because he is so good against the Stars for no reason. <laughs> well, so and then dumb. the other guy, <laughs> and the other guy who is the actual starter right now, Philip Gustafson, is having so a ridiculous stars. statistical season. He would, ar- I would argue, he's probably a finalist for the Vesna, but. I just don't think he's played enough games. That's my only thing. I mean, he, he's got like a nine, almost a nine thirty save percentage, I think, in the year. And he has a nine thirty five. He's caught up. He's caught up to oh, Omar. Better. Okay. He's so he's been insane. So, the, like the reason why the yeah. Minnesota Wild are pushing right now is because of Guff's system. Yeah. And he is the starter. I mean, he is the yeah. he is the starter for the Wild yeah. right now. So that that's why that scares me. Now again. Regular season is very different than playoffs. Phil Augustuson doesn't have any playoff experience. Uh, of note, I should say. Of note. So that would be really interesting to see. But I, I, I don't know. How, how are y'all feeling? Who would you... Last question, and then we'll do our who cares. Who who are, who are would y'all rather have as, as a first-round matchup? Minnesota, Colorado, or Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Cool. Winnipeg, that's an easy answer. Who would you rather have? Minnesota or Colorado? That's a harder question. <laughs> I think it's Minnesota I, I, still. <laughs> Colorado, I, 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 just I, I, just the fact that they have the playoff pedigree, you don't want to touch that. 
So I, I say, and we dominate Minnesota in the playoffs for whatever reason. So I say Minnesota. Yeah. And it'd be well, fun to see John again. Yeah. Oh, golly. Yeah, that was the one thing. <laughs> when he got traded to Minnesota, I was like, of course. Of freaking course. So, I, and I, I'm sure there's people that are probably calling for that series to happen, just like we're hoping Vegas plays L.A. in the playoffs, yeah. right? Just because of Jonathan Quick. So, yep. I don't know. Okay, let's let's get to it. Our Who Cares segment for the evening. Christian, tell us Dude, what it I is. I forgot. What are we doing? The Who Cares segment this <laughs> evening is your favorite delicacies from your local donut oh, shop. Yes, I remember now. You Thank know you, the Chris. donut shop. The uh, Ours is called Best Donuts. Yours may be Donut Palace or Donut or King donut, or Donut Best or Donut Best or Donuts. <laughs> that place. What is your favorite food from that place? Everyone's got a place. Everyone, everyone's got one. So what's your favorite from there, James? Good, good. Number, number third from, from the Donut Place. My number third. I'm just going to go with the strawberry icing donut my number yes, third. Fantastic. oh that's a good one i didn't even think that about is that. one of my honorable mentions it didn't it didn't crack the top three it was very close it, it won edged out but very good very good answer do you get it with Fine. sprinkles though james no i get the sprinkles i get this you don't have I to have sprinkles. sprinkles it looks it you gotta have the homer simpson vibes with the sprinkles though. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough fair enough ryan number third or, or in the words of uh, razor sprinkles are only for winners um or no he's not only for winners I, very, I, I butchered the quote, whatever. Okay, my number third, next. my number third is just the basic, it, it's not really a kolache, but I call it a kolache. It's a pig in a blanket, but I call it the it's little kolache, the little kolache, and it's got to have cheese in it. So, and I, I could, those things are literally like crack. I could eat, I could not be hungry and be able to eat like eight, nine, ten of those things in one sitting. Just like those, uh, the, the, is it from Texas Roadhouse, those that you were talking about, Chris, the rolls, the rolls and the cinnamon butter from Texas Roadhouse. It's like that. It's that sort of idea for me. It's like absolute crap. That is way too low on the list. I'm upset. My number third is the classic hot glazed donut. It has to be fresh. You got to get a fresh glaze. You got to get the one that when you pick it up, it covers your fingers and your fingers become one with the donut. That's the glazed donut you're looking for. It is so good. Melts in your mouth. Yummy, delicious, sugariness. It's it's amazing. James, number second. Uh, my number second is the whole chocolate milk. Because I am not great at eating things, but whole chocolate milk has a lot of calories, and I can drink that. That is almost food. It. It's almost food. Almost food. <laughs> and it gives me as much calories as food would. So that that should be that should be the milk's motto. Whole almost milk. Food. It's almost food. <laughs> it's not gut milk anymore. It's almost, <laughs> almost, food. It's almost food. food. Right. It's almost food. Right. Beliefs. There you go. There's your slogan for your uh, jersey sponsor. No, I like their sponsor better. I like it. It's milk. Milk. <laughs> We're sponsored by milk. <laughs> I still can't believe that that's the sponsor they went with. I don't know. Brandon oh, oh, asked James, hey, if Brandon it was chocolate yeah. milk or you who is not chocolate milk. You who is chocolate it's not, drink. But, but, if you've but, read it, what do you prefer? Drink. I prefer chocolate milk. Do you like you who? I don't mind terrible. You-Hoo. I hate you who. I don't you like hate it you at who? all. I like you who. It's good. If it, I had a like, choice, I would never choose you who. It tastes like Abed's special special drink. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. Uh, I guess it's mine, right? Okay. Uh, This is kind of a newer one for me. It's not like new news. Like within the last two years, there we go. Shaking up the donut. It's a blueberry cake donut. I Uh, love old man donut. He's old now. I know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost at my uh, my breaking point for my midlife crisis. I love the blueberry cake donut. When I first saw it, I was like, that thing looks disgusting. It, it was like a nasty looking, like brown water colored stuff. And I, I forgot who it was. It might've been my old boss. Uh, and he he put it on to me and said, hey, here, try this. And it very quickly became one of my favorite things to get from the donut store. Not my favorite, but one of my favorites. My Chris. number second is an absolute classic. It is the apple fritter. The apple. Well, that's a good one. Fritter. You get the best of donut and of apple pie, objectively the best pie, together in one delicious bite that is glazed. It is covered in the glaze that my number three was so good for. Amazing. This one, again, if it's hot, it's better. This one can be eaten cold, though. Can be. But it's better hot with the glaze all dripping over your fingies. James, number first. My number first is a cheese kolache. They're so good. Every time I go to a donut store, I have to get two cheese kolaches and I get my chocolate milk. That's my normal order when I go to the donut store. That is the correct answer. My number first is a sausage cheese kolache from the best donuts. Actually, a little bit of fun fact for you. You know, kolaches, especially with the rise of, you know, the check stop on I-35. Everyone knows that place. Um, no, no, but did you hear are, about what happened there? I did. A truck went through it. That's crazy. No, right? I was um, like, what the heck? So a kolache, technically, a Czech kolache is the fruit-filled pastry. The Texas kolache is technically a klobesnik. A klobesnik. A klobesnik. But it is, it is a Czech thing. And it is a sausage wrapped in kolache dough. So it is a kolache but it's but when you put a sausage in, it's technically klobesnik. But whatever, it's a kolache. Sausage cheese kolache, amazing. I go without jalapenos. Sometimes they'll put some fake jalapeno in there. Don't like the fake jalapeno flavor. Very bad. So you just go regular, can't go wrong. You can get it at any best donut, donut palace place, and they are fantastic. Like you said, James, my go-to would be three sausage cheese kolaches and then a watermelon Red Bull, and I will be one happy morning boy. <laughs> Right, and this is a perfect segue into my number one. My number one is the big jalapeno kolaches. Uh, Those are my absolute favorite. I I can't eat more than two just because of how big they are. And the one here in where I live, they are so freaking hot. Why and, are they I mean, always bigger? Huh? Who, who decided that the jalapeno kolache is the thick yeah, one? Right? Kolache? You who know, decided I decided that. I've never noticed kolache is always tight. It's so that you don't mix them up. But that would be make, a bad thing to mix up. They make the kolaches, too. They make the big regular kolaches, too, with cheese on the inside, right? Oh, no. We don't have that at the Best Donuts. The Best Donuts does not have the big regular cheese. Okay. Well, we, we have it here in Crane where we have the big jalapeno ones. We have the regular cheese ones that are giant. And then we have what, the little small ones. What, what's so, your Crane Donut shop called, Ryan? Is it Donut Palace? It's literally called Crane Donut. Please leave in the comments what one. your donut place is called. Daylight Donuts. <laughs> that's another one. There's a billion daylight donuts. None of them are connected. Um right. Somehow they're not connected. Yeah. Yeah. They're all but, independent. 
but uh my my go-to whenever i go to the donut store is i get two of those small cheese kolaches i i say i also get one of the big jalapeno kolaches as well i save that for the end and then every once in a while i'll add in a a blueberry cake donut as well and then as for a drink it it varies so much for me at least sometimes it's milo sweet tea i still agree yeah, i still think that that's the best sweet tea on the market agreed that's something we should do as well we should do top sweet teas um it'd all be the same right yeah it would all be the same <laughs> milo's I red diamond uh chick-fil-a there you go okay <laughs> yeah there, there. you're ruining ruin a, a, a future segment well, my, mine would have been wendy's but regardless that would have yeah. been my third wendy's yeah well and some, so sometimes it's Milo, sometimes it's a, a Red Bull, the watermelon. Do they still call it the Summer Edition, Chris, or is it just watermelon now? No, it, it was Summer Edition two years ago, but it was so good they had to make it year-round. They just they just kept it. Okay. So now it, is, it replaced the red. The, the, the old red was cranberry. Nasty. I, I should really be like a Red Bull historian, nice. dude. I need to be a Red Bull historian. Someone make that job for me, please. Red Bull, if you're listening, uh, get me there. Uh, hey, random <laughs> trivia question. We gotta we gotta wrap it up. What was the first color of Powerade? What was the first blue. color of Powerade? No, it James. wasn't blue. Orange. It wasn't blue. What'd you say, James? I said orange. James is correct. The first Good Powerade James. was orange. The first Powerade was orange. How many yes, orange drinks true. do you know? There's a ton of them. It's always orange Sunk first. It. But yeah, the, the blue... original Sunk. And and the other thing is, did you know that with all the new Sunkiss that they're making and stuff like that, the only one that has caffeine in it is the original, orange. which is the orange one. All the other Sunkiss, caffeine free. Still don't understand that. I think that's weird. But the first Gatorade was yellow. Really? Yeah. It was. Ryan's wrong. No, he said Ryan. Powerade. Oh, Powerade. Oh, Powerade, I believe, is orange. Powerade I agree. I, I believe. Why? Why the would first you Gatorade make colored Gatorade first? It sounds like a bad decision. It was made in Florida, and in Florida, they oh, have that makes more sense. Never mind. <laughs> I guess they have oranges in Florida more than they have lemons and limes, though. So. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Ask Ask Mister Gatorade. All right. Who it was named after? Okay, I'm getting tired, guys. I don't know about y'all, but we're gonna wrap it up here tonight. Thank you guys for tuning along with us if you're watching live. For those of you that are listening afterwards, we also thank you for tuning in later uh, to our absolute useless conversation about uh, it started with donuts and then it went to sweet teas and then we started spatting random facts about drinks. So there you go. Uh, please go and check out StarcasticRemarks.com. Leave us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcast. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel and all that stuff. The notification bell, you know, all the things that people say in other videos all the time. And we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow night. Stars are going to play a game against the Buffalo Sabres. They're going to be, this is going to be a very important game for both teams, I think. And I'm really looking forward to it. And along with Chris and along with James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. And we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And I will make sure to hit the correct video this time. See you guys later.